Again, it's so good to see y'all today. It's good to worship together. Amen. Um, pray for Brother Brad and Elena as they travel. And, uh, so y'all got a y'all got a good pastor and pastor's wife. I really love them and appreciate them. He's a blessing in our association as well, Brother Brad, and uh, really appreciate them. Well, I would say if you take your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 10, but you do have it on your sheet if you want to look on your sheet, but if you want to turn there, we're going to be looking at some more scriptures from that passage, so you might want to just go ahead and turn there in your Bible, Matthew chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse 24. Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 24. Matthew 10, 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they have called the head of the house visible, how much more will they malign the members of his household? Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, Father, we thank you for your church. Thank you, Lord, for this church, Harmony Baptist Church. We thank you so much for the members here, Lord. Uh, Father, they are a blessing to me, and I just thank you so much for them. I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to us today, Lord, through your word. Uh, Father, I pray that, uh, God, that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. And, Lord, I pray that uh, we'll take this word into our lives, and, Lord, that we'll use it in our lives more than anything. Lord, help us not to let this scripture fall to the ground, but Lord, help us to use it in our lives, Lord. Help us to see all that you want us to see, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would uh, do in every heart what you want to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, in this chapter, uh, Jesus has given his disciples, the 12 specifically, instructions before sending them out to heal the sick, and cast out demons to preach the gospel of the kingdom. There is so much to learn from what he is telling them because we are disciples as well. Amen? Each and every one of us are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we have believed, if we have repented of our sins, if we have believed in Christ, then we are disciples. Uh, you may not see yourself that way, but that's what you are. And uh, I pray today that we'll see things it will help us uh, in, our, in our discipleship as we try to follow Jesus and do all that he would have us to do. You know, reading the words of Jesus in a chapter will give us perspective about our relationship with him as well. And, uh, you know, many times we try to live out, and, and I think every one of us do this. I think every one of us do it. Uh, we try to live out our version of the Christian life. You know, we, we check all the boxes. I've done this. I didn't do that. I won't do that. And, you know, we think we're good. We're good because we have done what we think we need to do. And so, you know, it's kind of a our version of Christianity. And believe me, this happens more than you think. It happens more than you think in your life, in my life as well. It, it happens to us. It's, it's our version of Christianity, and, you know, and it's, 
uh, you know, I'm a pretty good person. We're doing pretty good. You know, we're all right. And so in our own eyes, we're okay, you know. And so that's not good, is it? That's not what Jesus has called us to do, you know. Or on the other hand, we live out what's called cultural Christianity. You know, we're, we're right here smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt. And Christianity has been a part, the Bible has been a part of, you know, our culture for decades and decades and decades. It had, And, you know, uh, our version of Christianity has absorbed the culture. And the culture has absorbed us and our faith. <laughs> and uh, people think that uh, they're Christian because grandma and grandpa was a Christian. Or maybe they were pillars in the church. Or some other reason, you know. But, you know, we're not saved. We're not Christian by association, are we? You know, because we're raised in church or because our family member was a committed Christian or uh, our great-grandfather built the church or whatever. That doesn't make us a Christian, does it? That doesn't make us a follower of Christ. But what Jesus wants is real disciples surrendered to him, sold out to him, and becoming like him. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what this passage tells us. He says, it is enough for a disciple that he become like his teacher or slave like his master. Now, I know some translations say it is enough that he be like his teacher. Well, basically the same thing. But I like the way it's translated here, becoming like Jesus. And that's what we need to do. We need to become like Jesus. You know, we need to become like Jesus in our being and in our doing, you know. We want to be what Jesus wants us to be, and we want to do what he would have us to do. Amen? That's where we want to be. And uh, we want Christ living his life in and through us and living it out every day in our Christian lives. It's sort of like Paul told the Galatians in Galatians 3.19, My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. And he, he portrayed himself as a woman in labor. He said, you know, here I am, I'm just striving, and I'm striving until Christ is formed in you. And you know, that's what needs to happen in us. The Bible again and again tells us to be Christ-like, doesn't it? Or to be conformed to the image of Christ. And that's what we need. And we need to become more and more like Jesus. Jesus used two words to describe the believer in this passage. He used disciple and slave. Or some translations say servant. Um, and, uh, you know, the Great Commission tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. And so that's the commission that's given to the church and so that's what we're to be doing continually, making disciples of all nations. Wherever, wherever, the, wherever life takes us, we are to be making disciples of others. And um, so it's very important that we see that. What is a disciple? Disciple is a, I think you have it on your sheet there, a follower, a student, a learner, and an apprentice. I just wanted to give those to kind of give the idea of what it means to be a disciple. <clears throat> the other is slave or servant. 
And that's the Greek doulos, and it's, you know, it's, uh, that's exactly what it means, a slave or a bondservant or a servant. And Paul uses the analogy of slave in relation to sin and righteousness in Romans 6, 16 through 18, where he says, Do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves to sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Amen. That's the kind of slave we need to be, right? Slaves of righteousness. Slaves of righteousness. So Jesus uses the term disciple and slave or servant to describe our relationship to him. And he uses the word teacher or Lord to describe himself and his relationship to us. Now, you don't worry about that baby. We're glad to have it here. <laughs> Amen. We're glad to have it here. You see so many churches sometimes with uh, not, a, not a child in it. And so I welcome all children that come. Amen. Just like Jesus did, we need to welcome the children. And so it's good to see children. And, you know, I was thinking also as I was sitting there, uh, Barbara, as uh, you know, there are so many churches without a pianist. There are in short supply, let me tell you. As I go from church to church, it's many churches do not have a pianist, or organist, or anything else. And they just do the best they can. So, you know, it's a, it's a blessing, you know, to have, have someone play the piano or play some instrument so that we can, you know, have music and sing. That's a wonderful thing. You know... We talk about this disciple and slave and teacher and Lord, and we're talking about Greek terms or whatever, you know, and somebody might say, well, don't get all technical. I'm a Christian. I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm a good person. I'm good. But Jesus wants, to have the, wants us to have the right mindset. He wants us to have the right mindset. He, he wants us to really know what it means to be a disciple, to really be his, and to become like him. That's what he wants of us. Number one, become like him by learning from him, by learning from him. Now, we, be, we become his student. When we believe, when we repent of our sins and believe in Christ, we become his student. We become his disciple. In, in Jesus' time and many years before and after, uh, people would attach themselves to a master or what, in whatever vocation. An artist would attach himself to another artist, uh, to, you know, a master, to learn from him. In academia, a student would attach himself to a doctor or a master and learn from him. It's still done today. Students, you know, are, uh, become teaching fellows under a professor or whatever. Uh, you know, today we see also in the medical field, medical doctors in training will do internships to get practical training under other doctors. Pastors become associates or assistants before they become uh, pastor and take a church you know uh, the same is true for an apprentice uh, something that I think needs to be done more today I'm talking about out, out in the professional world whether it's a welder or a carpenter or a plumber an apprentice works with a professional for less money to learn the trade okay you know of course now 
what do we do if we want to know something? We go look at a YouTube video, right? It'll tell us whatever we need to know, you know, from changing a starter to whatever, fixing a dryer, or, you know. So that's what we do today. But, you know, this, this idea of being a student, an apprentice, a learner, a follower of Jesus is what we're trying to get across here. You know, we carry that same mentality over into discipleship. You know, we learn from Jesus by getting into his book, the Bible. He's the living word, and the written word is his word. Amen? It's his word, and we learn from it. That's the way we learn. He quoted it often because he knew it. Even as God, he was a God, he was man, and as a man, he learned the scriptures. He knew the scriptures, and he quoted the scriptures often. And, you know, and uh, we get it by spending time in, in prayer, also learning from life experiences as we face things, as we face other people, relate to other people. And, and, and in life, we, we learn, and we learn from Jesus, you know. We're continually looking to him. We're continually following him. We're, we're continually learning what he wants us to learn in our relation to life, to other people, and all of that. And so, you know, we have the opportunity to learn from the master. Amen? Just like any other uh, person would attach themselves to someone to learn from them, we attach ourselves to Jesus to learn from him. Amen? Number two, we become like him by being with him. Think about the disciples for a minute. Look, they sit down and ate with him. They camped out with him. They slept together. They were out there. They fished together. They done this. They done that. Everything together. They left everything they had. They left their fishing nets. They left their homes. They left uh, the tax uh, collector's booth. They left things, and they followed Jesus, and they learned from him. And, you know, we can do the very same thing. We can learn from Jesus in our day-to-day -day lives. We can learn from him. As we get in his word and prayer, as we uh, talk to him about life experiences, the things that we face, the people that we meet, and how to relate to people, and you know, we learn. We learn from Jesus to be his disciple. And, uh, you know, there, there's no better way to become like someone than to be with them. Okay? Think about that. No better way to become like someone. You know, you hang around somebody for a while, you start acting like them, you know, or they or they start acting like you, one or the other, or both. <laughs> you know, you know what the other was going to say or think or, you know, whatever, and it, it kind of gets like that. But when you're with somebody, you know, you, you can become like them, like them. I love what uh, G the Apostle John says, 1 John 1 through 4. He says, <clears throat> what was from the beginning, notice what he says, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, and the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things, I, these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. 
John talks about what all the, the 12 experienced and many others with Jesus. I mean, they seen him, they heard him, they were with him, they were right there. And you know, something else to think about too, this, this is what gives the apostles the authority that they have to believe the word of God because they, they were with him, they touched him, they seen him, they heard him, and then they wrote about him, and we have that record of that. And that's the authority that they have. And so, you know, we need to see that. And he is with us. He is with us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is with us. And, you know, we can become like him by spending time with him. Number three, become like him by loving like him. I love John 13, 34, and 35, where Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Now, why was it a new commandment? And you always wonder, why, why did Jesus say that was a new commandment? Because in the Old Testament, it said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is also quoted in the New Testament. Why is it a new commandment? The reason is because Jesus said, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. We've never experienced the kind of love, you know, that God really has for us until Jesus came on the scene. Amen? The deep, deep love of Jesus. He loves us so much. And that's what he told his disciples. He said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus is telling us that love is the mark of a Christian. Or better yet, love is the mark of a disciple. Amen? Love is the mark of a disciple. And that's what he's saying here. And uh, Ephesians Chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, where he says, Paul says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, we can't really, be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the, the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. That is the kind of love that God has for us through Christ. A love that we cannot comprehend. It is so high. It is so big. It is so deep that we can't even comprehend it. It's amazing. It's a limitless love that he has for us. Number four, becoming like him by serving him. Jesus spent his life serving. I mean, he was God. Amen? He could have done anything he wanted to in this world. When he came into this world, he could have done anything he wanted to, but he spent his time on earth serving others. And that ought to be a message to us that that's what we're to do. We're to serve others. In fact, he says in Mark 10, 42, uh, calling them to himself, in other words, his disciples, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be a servant or slave of all. For even the Son of Man, Jesus talking about himself, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and gave and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus served. And if we're going to be his followers, his students, his apprentice, then we're going to have to serve as well. We must realize that we're to serve every day, not just on Sunday. Now, I want to correct that. We are here to serve on Sunday. We are. Serve one another. We serve one another by, by kindness. We serve one another by encouragement. We serve one another by doing things for others, by, by helping others, and uh, by doing what needs to be done uh, as we worship. Uh, we can serve on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, we also need to serve. Amen? And we need to find ways to serve others. That's what Jesus was here for. That I mean, he said that's why he came. He came to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And so, you know, we are to give of ourselves. You know, as Oswald Chambers, we broke broken bread and poured out wine for others. You know, give of ourselves for others. It's hard to do because we're naturally selfish, you know, in our nature, in our human nature, without Christ. We're naturally selfish. And even after we come to Christ, we're somewhat selfish. Amen? Amen. Nobody's going to say amen. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and so, you know, we have to come out of that to serve others, you know? You know, we, I can't be worried about old so-and-so down there. You know, they figured it out themselves. You ever heard lines like that? Yeah. You may have said them. You may have heard yourself say them. You know, and so, you know, we need to serve others. We're here to serve others. Yeah, we have a life. We have things we got to do. We have things to take care of. We have jobs to do and all of that. We have that. But, yeah, but we need to find ways to serve others, you know, be an encouragement to them, be a help to them, and, and you know, whatever we can be. Uh, we need to serve because that's what Jesus did. He served. Number five, become like him by showing compassion. Again and again, an amazing number of times in the scriptures, uh, it states that Jesus was moved with compassion or he had compassion on someone. Jesus was filled with compassion. He was filled with compassion for people. A good example is not, uh, Matthew 9, 36, seeing the people, the multitude there was he was looking at, seeing the multitude, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. You know, we need compassion. We need to see our world like Jesus saw that multitude. What did he say? They were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And that's what's happening in our world today. You know, we look around and we see people who just really sometimes don't know where they're going, you know. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going, you know. Drugs are leading people astray. Sin is leading people astray. Uh, all kinds of things are leading people astray. And they need someone to help them. They need someone to have compassion on them enough to help them. You know, aren't you glad 
that somebody had enough compassion for you to tell you about Christ? <laughs> I am so glad that somebody did. Even when I was uh, what I call out there, somebody showed compassion for me and told me about Christ. The weird thing is, he didn't tell me anything I didn't already know, but, but I was just going my own way, just as hard as I could go. But someone had compassion on me and took the time, took the energy, you know, to come to me and tell me about Christ. And uh, we, need, we need to do that. We need to take the time to do that. You know, that doesn't mean that Jesus was a pushover. He was not. He was not. Jesus confronted arrogance, untruth, false teaching head on. He did. He was no pushover but he had compassion on those who needed help. Number six, we need to become like Jesus by being bold and fearless. Bold and fearless. Let's go back to our text where we were in the beginning. I want to read that and a little more because it is, it is, enough, that, uh, that, uh, it is enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they have called the head of the house Bezebul, how much more will they malign the members of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, <clears throat> for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will, will not be, that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And who is that? God. God is the only one able to do that. He's the only one. So fear him. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's easy for some, by the way, but not so easy for others. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. I tell you what. Jesus was fearless. We are to fear him and him alone. <clears throat> but he was bold and fearless. When the people were turning, the, temp turning uh, the temple into a den of thieves, what did Jesus do? He took a whip. And he drove them out, and he turned over the money changers' tables. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. You've made it a den of thieves. He wasn't going to allow that to happen. He wasn't going to allow it. You know, we need to fear. You know, we need to fear God only and be fearless and bold in our lives. And we, we become like Jesus when we do that. Amen? We become like Jesus. <clears throat> I think about the uh, disciples in Acts after, after Jesus had ascended into heaven and uh, the church really began and they, they immediately began to experience persecution. And when they experienced persecution, they went and, and had prayer. You know what? They, did, they didn't pray, but God help us. You see what's going on. God help us. But don't let nothing happen to us. Keep us safe, whatever. That's not what they prayed. 
They pray, Lord, give us boldness to speak the word of God. Acts 4, give us boldness to speak the word of God. And that's what they pray, and that's how we need to pray as well. We need boldness and live bold and fearless lives. Number seven, become like him by praying like him. We look at the Lord's Prayer, and we look at the prayer in John 17 that Jesus prayed. You know, Jesus prayed for the will of the Father to be done in his life and ours. Amen? And for his ways to be accomplished in our lives, for his kingdom to come. And where is his kingdom right now? In our hearts. He reigns. He rules and reigns here. Amen? That's where the kingdom is for now. But we will experience the kingdom in its all its fullness one day. He prayed for the unity of believers. He prayed for the glory of the Father. All things for the glory of God. You know, what I say about discipleship as we close, what I want to say about discipleship, let's rid ourselves of fake Christianity. You know, sometimes I feel like a fake because I'm not living out to the fullest what God has put in me. You know, let's get rid of fake Christianity or loose Christianity, you know, where we just let ourselves go and kind of do what we want to do. Let's rid ourselves of that. Rid our lives of that as disciples. Rid our lives of that. And help others to do the same as we make disciples of others. And of culture of Christianity, like we talked about earlier, you know, I don't want to be known by just somebody in the past that built the church or a pillar of the church or this or that. We need to be known as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus, a student of Jesus, his apprentice. We're learning from him. That's how we want to be known. And, you know, let's be real and true and become like Jesus. I don't know where you're at today, and uh, I hope the message has spoken to your heart today. You know, as we think about our lives being real, being true, not being fake, not compromising, you know, we need to be true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I hope God has spoken to your heart in some way, and if God has spoken to your heart, I pray that you'd come in this time of invitation as uh, Brother Burrell comes and Barbara. And uh, if God has spoken to your heart, you come during this time.